Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Rugged Identity Podcast. This is your host, Blake Blackwell, and today is episode six, and we're going to be going over um, the creator versus creation, what it means to focus on the creator and not things of this world and how we can fall into that trap as hunters and people that love the outdoors and all those types of things. And this is really, really special to me, but it's really special to Tanner, and we're having Tanner back on our podcast today, and I know this is something that's on his heart and has been and we talked about you know what do you want to go over and this is something that he really was interested in so uh tanner how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good good deal good deal well what have you been what have you been up to this week Have you had some interesting stuff going on i know you talked about you're going to get a dog and that's kind of one of the reasons we had to either a dog or did you go get a cage or did you go get the dog oh i went and got a kennel for him okay gotcha but, uh, man this week First, I just got to I just got to give praise to God for the rain. We have been so dry, and we finally got some rain, and it was it was very much needed. So, absolutely, I know all the farmers and everybody are really just everyone in general is wanting rain. I mean, everyone's yards dead and everything like that too. So it's been really really good. Yeah, definitely a blessing from him. Um, no, yeah, so I'm getting a German wire hair pointer. Um, it's a breed I don't know anything about any of these dogs really, but. My buddy Drew, he got him a, a duck dog. He's a lab, a chocolate lab, and, and that dog is awesome. I mean, in his first season, he sold me instantly on a hunting dog. Like, they are a incredible tool and a companion to have. Um, I did a lot of research, and I kind of wanted a dog that would do more than one thing. I know labs will do other things, too, but the top versatile breed that I found was the German wire hair. And... Uh, so I, I went ahead and, and pulled the trigger on one, and I, I did a lot of research on my breeder, and I have no clue how to train one. Well, I didn't have a clue on how to train one, but I had Drew to help me out, and I've got a lot of videos. And well, that's really really cool, Tanner. So where's this dog at? Where's it? Where are you having to drive to? Are you having to go out of state, or is it pretty local, or how's that work? Well, there's actually quite a few um, kennels here in Oklahoma. I did a lot of research and. I didn't know I was going to be in Benita at the time, but he's actually in Cleveland. So he's only about an hour, 15, hour and a half away from me here in Benita. That's not too bad. Yeah, it not out too good. bad at all. Well, that works out good. I had a, I actually had a bird dog for a while when I was in high school and we ended up getting rid of him. It was kind of a sad deal for me. Um, it was one of those things, you know, I was going off to college and he was still kind of a puppy. So we were, we actually sent him to a trainer um, for a month and he came back and he did really, really well, but it got to the point to where, you know, it's like anything else. If you're not working them and practicing them and all that kind of stuff, he kind of fell off a little bit and he was pretty much going to turn into just a family pet. And we didn't want that. And my parents didn't want to have to take care of him while I was gone to college, you know, living in the dorms and stuff like that. So we ended up yeah. getting rid of him. And the people that bought him is actually really cool. She worked for the police department in Seattle. So she <laughs> drove down to Dallas and she had been picking up labs. Um, I think labs and German shepherds on the way back. And what they were going to do is, train them to be like drug dogs um, yeah. and bomb dogs at the beginning of uh, like basketball games, football games, stuff like that to keep outside the entrances to smell people, I guess, as they walk through. So that was really cool to know that he wasn't just going to be a normal dog. <laughs> he was still going to get to do something pretty cool. So I was really excited about that. But hopefully your uh, your situation works out a little bit better than mine. Yeah, that's that's one thing. I, I, uh, I'm glad that I'm up here by myself. I have lots of time to actually – it takes a lot of time to train them dogs. You got to spend time with them and, and be there. And, and so I've got plenty of time up here. I, it should work out really good. Yeah, that'll be really, really cool. Um, so you're getting this dog, 
but you're more of a bow hunter. You're not much of, I mean, I know you like to bird hunt and you talked about it some, but you're more of a, you're more of a deer hunter for sure. So how to, what made you want to do that? Are you going to just try to start bird hunting more and take a little bit of time away from deer hunting or are you just kind of getting this dog? So when you do get to go, it'll make it a little bit easier and more enjoyable and kind of having a companion up there where you're at now. So you're not by yourself or how's that going to play out? Yeah. I mean, I definitely like to duck hunt a lot. And so I think that'll be his primary role. But I also think it'd be cool if he will point. Um, we can go quail hunting here in Oklahoma, especially northern mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Um, so that'd be fun to work in there. But really his main three, I want him three things I want him to do, right? These are versatile dog uh, dog breeds. So definitely want him to waterfowl hunt and point. But also want to blood track with him and shed hunt with him. Yeah, yeah that'll be that'll be really, really helpful. Yeah, it brings him back into my deer hunting scenario there too. So Yeah, well that's that's smart and that'll really be helpful too. I mean, there's a lot of times that people lose a deer because they lose the blood on them or something like that and don't track them very well and the dog will be really, really helpful to have. Yeah. But but speaking of bird hunting, I know you're a first light guy, you and Hayden. I wish Hayden could be here, but I know he's busy at work. But uh first light just came out with their waterfowl stuff. Have you checked that stuff out? I have, but uh buying this dog my pocketbook's hurting a little bit so i'm trying to stay away from it <laughs> yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean yeah we kind of buy into gear quite a bit i know you're kind of like me and we like to get all the best stuff we can possibly get even though right. we could probably get away with some cheaper stuff but might as well go all in if you're gonna do it <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah but while we're on the topic of gear too why don't you tell us i know we talked a little bit about um i've talked about my bow setup and stuff like that and i mainly hunt from the ground it's kind of embarrassing, but I'm scared of heights. I don't like to be really up in a tree stand if I don't have to be, and I don't like to be in a saddle, especially. I tried that out a couple of years ago, and I just – I couldn't get used to it. Um, a lot of people love it. You know, I just – I wasn't a fan, which doesn't mean anything's wrong with it. They're amazing. It's just I, <laughs> I was scared the entire time. But I know you hunt out of a saddle, and you bow hunt, obviously. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, your bow setup and your saddle setup and kind of the way that you hunt, um, some tactics you go through and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'll just I'll go pretty quick on it, and um, just if anybody has any questions, first off, about any of my gear, just email Blake. I know he puts his email in there, and he'll get you in contact with me, and I can help you, because there's so many little bitty details that go into a saddle setup that it'd be, it'd take us in two hours to, to give a podcast on that, but I'll just start with my bow. I shoot a Matthews Verdix. Um, bought it a couple years ago, and I'll probably shoot it for the next eight or nine years. I'm kind of a partial to my gear, so... I got a bow. I don't really want to trade it. I want to keep it for as long as I can because I just get sentimental with that kind of stuff. But I got a QAD fall away, and I shoot Quattro stabilizers. They're out of South Africa. I got a front and a back bar. And then uh, my arrows are Eastern Axis. I'm going to shoot really heavy arrows. I'm still toying around with that. And then fixed blade broadheads all the way. I'm not going to – I don't care if I hurt your feelings. Mechanical <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. <laughs> So I shoot either the I always like the Muzzy Trow cars, and then probably going to shoot Annihilators just this year, or try out the single bevel with the Cutthroats. So yeah, have you checked out those Iron Wheel single bevels? I have. the The Cutthroats are about thirty dollars, forty dollars cheaper. Yeah, I was going to say they're they're a little bit easier on the pocketbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm probably going to try the Cutthroats first. Those Iron Wheels they look really nice, but I've heard a lot of good things and. I'm not going to be shooting in the whitetail woods past 40 yards most of the time. So, yeah, you know, those will work good for me. And then, so with my saddle setup, I have a tethered saddle. And last year I ran four sticks with aiders to climb up in the tree, which I could get about 28 feet. 
Whoa. Um, <laughs> but now, now I have a, a one stick. And so I just use one stick and I have a repel um, configuration so I can repel down the tree. Um, I can get, I can go as high as I want with that. Well, I can only go as high as my rope and I have 35 feet of rope. So yeah, that's pretty high up there though. It is. Last year I picked out a tree in the dark cause I was going in, I knew where this bedding bedding was and I slipped in there and I was on a right away and I climbed up and when I got climbed up, I, it broke day and I looked over and I was taller than the telephone pole. Oh. <laughs> I, I had no clue. I was that high. Yeah. Yeah. What? What height do you like to be at, though? Because I know there's a lot of guys, and um, there is a lot of truth behind this. There's a certain spot to where you get too high, and that oh, yeah. shot angle is just way too steep. You're not going to be able to hit any of the goodies when you're shooting at the deer. Um, so what, what's your kind of your ideal height, if you were to say? I like about 20 foot. About 20 foot. So not, not crazy high like some people, but not low enough to where they can easily see you when they're coming by. Yeah, and it all depends on the tree, really. I mean, if there's better cover at – 14 foot then i'm gonna hunt at 14 you know yeah so it just it just depends on the tree but comfortably like with a good with the shot angle i don't like to go over 22 feet so around 20 foot's about right for me yeah yeah i agree 20 foot's not not too bad which i can't say a whole lot on it because i don't like hunting from a tree <laughs> we're yeah. gonna i don't know how that's gonna work out this year have you have you ever hunted from the ground with your longbow or recurve i know you shoot trad some too a little bit no i haven't I actually when we went on that hunt last year, I hunted out of the saddle the whole time. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to work out, if I'm even really going to be able to get on my knees or sit on the ground and shoot very well. A lot of people a lot of people do hunt from the ground because they practice from the ground. Okay, yeah. When you get, when you get in a tree with a, with a traditional bow, I found all the things that can go wrong that first day and super frustrating. So ground yeah. is probably better. So how, I didn't get drawn in for that. You're talking about the McAllister hunt, correct? Yeah. So how did that go for you last year? Did you did you see quite a few deer? Any any big deer? Or did that kind of how'd that go um, for you? I saw a lot of deer, and I saw one absolute giant. But it was when I was walking in, he was on the scrape by my tree. And while I was walking in, I seen him with the headlamp, just stared at him for a while. Yeah. Uh, but that is a really really cool hunt. They're really strict. You got to be really. I mean, you got to follow the rules. I missed a hundred and. 30 inch eight point for about five yards i shot over his back but like you said there he got too close and that angle was so steep i think when i shot my arrow wasn't even on my rest it was just hanging off the string oh jeez! because so, <laughs> yeah, you were just set, so straight far down i set up for a five yard shot and i whiffed so oh man that's a heartbreaker too getting drawn in somewhere like that and having an opportunity and then just messing but yeah, hey i can't i can't say much i've had i've had Many times where I've missed deer that should have been a cakewalk, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's a cool hunt down there, but when you hunt with the trad bow, I mean, you're going to realize that you're really babying it with the compound. Man, people don't understand the struggles. We can go into that in the next podcast, but, I mean, it is a struggle. But I'll, yeah. I'll talk some more, I guess, about you like to hunt from the ground. I mean, my tactics are access first. If you can't get in without being detected, you shouldn't be there. Um, yep. I don't like to hunt over bait. I don't like to put out corn or feeders. I'm I'm more of a pinch point trails and scrapes kind of guy. So you um, more so you're more of what I would call, and I hope I don't step on anyone's toes, but a true hunter. <laughs> you're right. not just throwing out. That's like uh, throwing out a bunch of donuts on the ground for some people to come by. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I I understand that completely. Don't get me wrong. Like I I would I will feed some corn, especially in December when it when it will really work. But. Uh huh. 
I just don't ever have time or the money to spend on that corn. And so I just go off of what God's got me out there. He's got acorns, he's got persimmons, and he's got pinch points that'll bring big bucks. A lot of times by me a lot quicker than others. I have friends that, that feed corn in a more natural way, and they have a lot of success. But feeders, I'm out on the feeders. Yeah, and they're kind of a pain in the butt, too, because especially, I'm sure it's the same where you're at. you got a lot of trees and stuff, so raccoons are everywhere. Oh, yeah. And they just tear them up. Hogs will tear them up, especially where we're at. And it's just, it's almost like once a week you're going out there just to pick up pieces or buying a new feeder or setting it back up and something's going wrong. So it's just almost more of a hassle than it is a help. Yeah, we have hogs, too. So if I don't feed corn, a lot of times I can keep the hogs away because they'll, I mean, they'll wipe a 50-pound bag of corn out in a day. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right, Tanner, so I know that you like to hunt from um, – I'm a tree, like you said, and you're not much on corn and stuff like that. But when you're getting on Onyx, you're getting on something. Um, I know you've mentioned in the past, and I've heard you say, you like to put boots on the ground and really see um, what you're looking at. But what's your – do you have kind of a checklist, or what are you really looking for whenever you're looking at a new piece of property or something like that? Yeah, so, I mean, the first thing I would say is access. Where do I park? Where do I walk in at? Get boots on the ground, walk your creeks out, find your trails. And if you find those trails, it's going to take you to either food or bedding. Um, so find that and see where that's at. Figure out where you're walking. Um, and then find your food, of course, and, and figure out what wind you're going to hunt. You have to hunt the wind. I don't care what anybody says. Wind is a huge factor. So yeah. access, food, pinch points, and wind. Those are those are my main things. So if I'm on Onyx, of course, I'm going to find if there's a – small sliver of trees where there's cover maybe by a creek you know you can use the creek for access and that could be a a pinch point because they're probably and then not walk in the pasture so that 40 yards of timber is a pinch point or just use the terrain you know a lot of things like that scrapes if you can find scrapes and rubs i mean those are huge um and that's just that's just really scraping the surface but we can go into a whole a whole worm of wormhole of all that stuff so yeah we may need to do that one day on a podcast is go over you know what we look for when we scout or just do a whole front section of a podcast on scouting because there's a lot of people maybe listening to this that hear some of the things you know that we think are very elementary but they might not understand you know even really what a pinch point is or something like that so, right yeah well we'll definitely have to dive into that um but tanner let's let's go ahead um and dive into the word and what we've been talking about all week as we've been preparing for this um which is what you came up with and you wanted to talk about the creator worshiping the creator and not the creation. Can you kind of share your heart first on um, behind that? And then we'll dive into some scripture and dive into some thoughts on that also. Yeah. So when you asked me that, I kind of jumped at it first because that's something that I don't know. It just really related to me. Um, I heard a guy, he's a preacher in Tushka, Oklahoma. Well, he, he's a sort of a part-time preacher, but he's preaching one day about, how much he was giving all his glory to the creation and not the creator. And that really set with me. Cause I sat there and thought, wow, I've been doing that my whole life. You know, as yeah. outdoorsman and Hunter, you know, we get out there in the woods, right? We have that perfect time of the year. Like that first week of November is probably my favorite You're starting to have cold fronts come through and the big bucks are on their feet and the ruts kicking in and you have a bow in your hand and rifle seasons a ways away. So you've got time before you can, you know, you have all these rifle hunters out there and, you get in the tree and there's a perfect like three mile an hour north wind you've got into your tree perfect everything's going good you shoot a big deer like everything works perfect right and i would always say man i just wish i could have this day every day you know oh yeah mm -hmm. i wish i could have this weather 
I wish I could have this access, how everything worked out perfect. I even got the camera turned on. Like I just sat there and I was giving everything to the creation. And whenever he told me this kind of, I sat there and I thought, wow, like I haven't ever been given this to God. Yeah. And he, he gave us this creation, right? He created us. He created everything in this world. And so, man, it just changed my whole viewpoint. And I hope that everybody can maybe, maybe see where I'm coming from. And maybe next time you go out there, you can see this, but I get in my stand now. And the first thing I do, I get everything set up. And then I usually, I try to leave me about a 10 minute window between getting everything set up and daylight. And I just pray. I just give yep. thanks to everything. I mean, it's not just like, Oh, you know, thank you for everything you've done for me. I mean, I point out the details. I'm like, thank you for the work you put into even the, the bark on this tree or the saddle that I'm wearing, like how he come up with that in somebody else's mind and use them to make this that I can enjoy and thank him for the animals. I mean, I go out there. We, a lot of times as hunters, we don't go out there just to kill. We love to be a part of the nature, right? And you can just sit there and you can take in the, you know, even a small buck. You know, he may be chasing a doe around and you have no, you're not, your bow's not in your hand. You still love watching this part of nature, right? You love watching a, a turkey strut and walk into the decoy and you just see this mating ritual or you just see squirrels chasing each other around or a hawk lands on a limb beside you and, He's looking on the ground for something, has no clue you're there. You just get to see this raw, natural state. Give that glory to God. You know, I just thank him for all those things. And, you know, it's just something that it makes me enjoy it even more now. Because, like you said in your first podcast, my identity was more on all the things of this world. And now if I change my identity, which I did, and my identity is in Jesus, then I can give him the credit for all these things that I'm doing anyways, you know. Yeah, and I think that's, I like that point you said just a little while back about um, we don't go out there just to kill, you know. We go out there to really enjoy nature and enjoy the woods. And I think a lot of people that don't hunt, you know, they think that we're going out there and we're just, <laughs> we're psychos and we just want to yeah. get some blood on our hands and kill something and go home and eat it like a bunch of savages. But right. the truth the truth is, you know, I mean, God created this. He created nature and he created all these animals, all these beautiful things. I truly believe, um, not just to sit there. Not for humankind, you know, not to interact with, which I get like we don't I'm not big on people tearing down stuff or buying huge fields and cutting down trees and build shopping malls and stuff like that. That's not what I'm saying. But there's obviously I mean, there's this element of God created this for us to enjoy. Um, and so just like it says all through scripture, you know, and it's a little bit out of context, but in Acts, um, he's talking to Peter or he's talking. He says, you know, arise, kill, eat. And so he's really, you know, making this reference of, hey, these animals are for you. You know, they're for you to provide and all these other things. But I, I agree wholeheartedly on um, I fall into that trap, too, about worshiping the creation and not the created. You know, we focus so much every year on killing a big deer and what we're going to do in our next thought of where we're going to sit the next day and checking cameras and trying to figure out, you know, it's like a chess match, you know, trying to find this big buck that we're after all year a lot of times and it's more focused on that deer. You know, I'll lay in bed sometimes and I'm thinking about, Hey, you know, <laughs> where's this deer going to be at tomorrow? You know, if I was him, what would I do? What would be my next step? And then you try to beat him to it. And that's how you normally kill him, you know, but we can't get caught up so much in that game. We play in our mind and those scenarios and the deer itself and the creation and stuff like that. But we really need to focus on, Hey, without God, without him that created all of these beautiful things for us to enjoy, we wouldn't have any of this, you know, 
And that brings me, you know, to my, my next thought on that too, is you talked about um, the perfect day of when you climb up in your stand, the wind being right, um, the temperature being right. Maybe it's that first cold snap, you know, in November where the deer are really up and moving. It hasn't been rifle yet. So they're not as skittish as they would be in late season. Um, you know, they're just starting to rut. And so they're looking for a hot dough, but every day is different. I know there's those days that we, we dream about that everything works out perfectly, but anything that's handmade, and this is just kind of a true testament of how good God is and how he really is the creator of it all. But everything in this world that is handmade that you buy, you know, it's, it's valuable. It's so valuable and it costs more than these things that are made across seas and a lab or in a big, you know, sweatshop or factory where everything is super cheap and everything is identical. Nothing handmade, nothing beautiful and just super valuable is ever identical to the one next to it. Everything is, everything, you know, is a little bit different. It has its own characteristics, its own traits. You know, there's no two days that are going to be the same. I mean, the weather may be similar, but there's things going on. There's interactions between people. I mean, there's so, you could, we could go so deep about this. There's so many different things that there's, there's no two days that are ever going to be identical or the same. Yeah. And that just that actually brought up something I want to share. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking like I had this hunt and there's this deer that we've been after. And here he come down the trail. I had the camera turned on, but I actually hadn't moved it because he was—he got on me really quick. And I got drawn back. And as soon as I got drawn back on him, my rage opened at full draw. Okay. Oh, that's right. I'm—I'm out. Mechanicals. <laughs> Fixed blades for sure from now on, huh? <laughs> yeah. And so I had to watch this deer walk by me at 20 yards, and just had to watch him walk away. And I got, I, I mean, I let down and I tried to fix my broadhead or put another arrow on, but it was too late. Yeah. But at that point in time, I'd already, I'd already kind of changed my identity. Right. And I just remember sitting there and I was mad at first, but I relaxed and I said, I just prayed and I said, God, you know what? That wasn't the deer you wanted me to shoot. I don't need to get upset about it. It's okay. You've got something else for me. It's all right. If that was the old me, I would have beat myself up for probably two weeks. I'd have been sick. I probably would have thrown a hissy fit up in the stand, like started punching the tree or something. You yeah. know? But instead, I would sit there and I just went, God, I know you got this. And then uh, I killed a deer with my bow on Christmas morning, which is one of the coolest stories I had ever been a part of, the coolest hunts I've ever been on. But that wouldn't have happened if I would shot that deer that day. So I knew you know what? He, he returned that favor and he, he had a plan for me. He was just testing me. Probably that's probably why the rage opened, but you know, he just had, Hey, you know what? It's okay. I told him, I said, you know, that's different. That's how I changed my identity in a way that, that I didn't let it eat me up so bad. And, and I just knew that, Hey, guess what? You know, my rage opened, but Jesus is still my Lord and savior. I'll be all right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Like that makes me think too of, um, a YouTube. I know you watch them too. Is seek one shout out to those guys. They're awesome dudes that share their yeah. faith and their YouTube videos. And they've actually grown a ton. Yeah. Like they're, they're huge now and they shoot some absolute monsters. But I heard in one of their videos and it really stuck with me is, Hey, um, I, I don't watch them a ton, probably as much as you do. What's, what's the guy, the lead dude's name's at Lee. Yeah. It's Lee. Yeah. Lee, he killed a deer, but he said, dude, this year has been the toughest year. And I just want to give glory to God, not in this good time right now, but if you go back in his videos, you know, when things were going tough, he was still giving glory to God. Absolutely. So, so that, that's big. That, that was huge. And that was a big turning point for me too. Just hearing that from someone else's mouth thinking I'm really missing the mark here. You know, yeah, <laughs> like there's no yeah. point in getting upset. Like I know this is so important to us, but at the end of the day, dude, we're, we're out there to shoot a deer with a bow. The odds really aren't in our favor anyway. <laughs> yeah. So 
But anger, that always makes me think of something too real quick. Sorry to just steal it from you, Tanner. But um, when I think about worshiping creation and not just the creator, it makes me think of idols. Um, And one way that I know something can become an idol and how I recognize an idol in my life is if I don't get this, the end result that I want, like say you're applying for a job, for instance, let's, let's take it away from hunting for a second or anything that we want in life really, really badly. If it makes us angry, then it's probably an idol. And I know you're like, well, some people maybe listen to this thinking, Hey, well, you know, emotions, God had emotions too. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But if you truly have anger about something, then it's probably not okay. There's, it's okay to be frustrated and upset and disappointed even at times. But true anger, I mean, anger drives out anger drives out a lot of things, and you're going to miss a lot of things in life. And just like if you'd have reacted negatively, I mean, that, like you said, God could have just been testing you. Right. And he's probably looking down in that moment, and not because of your successes, but because of the way that you handled yourself, not just as a young man, but as a Christian and a follower of Christ, even when no one else is watching. That's the thing. And we read that in Scripture over and over again. No one else is watching their Tanner, and you didn't have anger. Yep. Like, obviously, you were upset and you are disappointed, but everything worked out in the end. And a lot of that probably was because of the way that you reacted, you know, and you still kept your eyes focused on the Lord and you weren't angry about it. So that's really, really cool. I, and I just think that, you know, that's one way I just really loved your podcast. I love the name, Rugged Identity. I mean, I my identity before that was not in Christ. It was as a, as a hunter. It was as a outdoorsman. And, and that had changed in me. And it really... Man, it just brings so much peace upon you, you know? Oh, yeah. There's no way really to describe it unless you experience it for yourself. But, I mean, it just, it's just, there's no better, there's no better identity to have than that right there. Absolutely. So, let me ask you this, Tanner, and this may, I'm trying to kind of reach, you know, some people may be listening to this and they may be thinking, you know, hey, hunting is a huge part for me of my life. Um but how, once I make that transition, once I decide, Hey, you know what, I'm following Jesus wholeheartedly. Did your passion for hunting, did it grow any less or did it stay the same? Oh, it stayed the same. Exactly. So it stayed the same. It just didn't make up who you were. So it is possible to put, put things before hunting and not push hunting to necessarily the back burner, if that makes sense. Well, I, and really this may sound crazy to those people too, but I think it's made my hunting experience even more enjoyable. Absolutely. Because it's not, it's, it's like, okay, so I'll take this for, I'll just say this. And this is an example I got. So I love archery. I love the bow hunt. You know, that's probably my favorite thing to do. Um, but taking this job as an archery coach, there was times where I would look at my bow and be like, dude, I don't even want to pick that thing up because I'm so stressed about numbers of how many kids I have to get here to the school, or I got to turn in these purchase orders or turn in vehicle requests for the year or get things signed. I got, I got to get things going, you know, get jerseys ordered, all these things I have to get done that it consumed me to a point to where I didn't even want to shoot my bow because it became, you know, almost of who I was. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, like what you said, you know, once you follow Jesus, you have more joy in it because you understand at the end of the day, that doesn't define who you are. You know, you can still enjoy these things and it's almost a little bit more, it's just as serious, but it's more lighthearted at the same time. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I just like I said, I think even my hunt throughout the throughout the hunt. I mean, when I get in a tree stand, when I get in a tree, or I guess a saddle now, that's probably when I spend. Besides that, and riding a tractor around for twelve hours a day, I pray nonstop. I mean, I'm just sitting yeah. there, maybe not a prayer, but just 
meditating over what I've just prayed about or just over my, my faith or anything like that. I get out there in his creation and that's where I feel the closest to him. And Absolutely. I did that for so many years. And once I changed that identity, I mean, I can be sitting in a tree and have a giant deer that I used to be, you know, I, I'm still worried about it. I still want to kill him. Of course I want to chase and want to fool this mm -hmm. wise deer, but sometimes I'll sit there and get lost. And then all of a sudden hear footsteps and oh, there's a deer. Like I, and he's on me because I'm just in my own head, you know, just talking with God or, or just, you know, putting my struggles on him and, and us figuring it out together and just spending time with him in prayer. And, and I really didn't have that aspect before. And it actually has made the hunt that much more enjoyable for me. Oh yeah. Because you're not there just, you know, for one reason, just to hunt you're you get to spend time with Jesus in a place where no one's there to distract you. Um, and you just get to spend time with him. You don't really have to, you really don't have to think. I mean, obviously you're thinking about like if you're on a spot and stock hunt or something like that, um, where you might need to move or what you might need to do a little bit differently after an hour of glass and not seeing anything, but you're getting, that's a lot of quality time with the Lord that, um, I, I understand where you're coming from. I missed out on before and it's made everything a lot more enjoyable now that I do that. Yeah. And like you sent me that Colossians three, I just read from Colossians okay. verse one right here, just cause I really like this. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So, right, we, we've we been raised again. We've been born again with Christ. That's who we are. That's our identity. So we set our, our, our minds on, on things above and not on worldly things. Great things are going to happen anyways, just because that's, and that's in our identity now. And I just really love that. I think it relates to back when I talked about having peace and having all that. I mean, that scripture right there just spoke to me and sent that to me. Yep. Um, what, so Tanner, I'm going to ask you this too, um, as we're getting kind of closer towards the end of this, if there's somebody out there, you know, that's listening to this that may think, Hey, I'm struggling with the same things that you guys were struggling with. Um, and those people can fall into either two categories. One, which is those that know God, but just may have not been giving him the time of day, um, that he needs. And then that second group might be people that say, Hey, I've heard about him. Um, I've had people talk to him about him before and I just have not really cared. And I've thought, you know, Hey, once I do this, my hunting, everything else in my life, that's enjoyable and fun to me. I feel like my relationship with Jesus would kill that. You know, I feel like what I've heard is it's just law, law, law on a checklist. Like what I talked about in last week's podcast, you know, what, what would you, what advice and what would you want to say to these people? Like, what would you talk to them about? Well, first thing is I was that same way. I kind of thought, man, if I, if I decide to do this, right, if I decide to be a Christian and be a follower of Jesus, am I going to have to give up everything in my life? Am I going to, have this set of roles that I have to live by and my life on earth is miserable. Like I'm going to live this miserable life. That way I can have this great life in eternity. And a lot of people don't want to do that, but that's not the case. And, and I had that thought for a while, but I mean, I'm telling you, if you live this life, if you live this life in Christ, it is 10 times better than the life without him. It's a hundred times better. I don't know how to, there's no way to put words on, on the difference, but First thing is, I would say, just be open with that. Don't you don't have to you don't have to hide that. Be open with your fears or your struggles or even your sins. Just be open with them. Talk with somebody. You can talk with me or Blake or whatever, and just ask us about it and say, "Hey, well, I just I think maybe, you know, I don't want to do this because 
you know, I like this particular sin in my life, but we can help you with that. Jesus can help you conquer that. And then you'll you'll have this guilt-free, this this life of, of ease to where you think, you know what? Yeah, bad things are going to happen to me. Bad things have happened to me, but I've got Jesus on my side. Nothing can nothing can hurt me, you know? Um, yeah. And so, I mean, I would say that, and I would say just even if you're the one who's, who you said don't even maybe don't know who Jesus is or you just kind of want to move into that. I love the, the verse. I don't know exactly where it's at, but it's where Jesus kind of explains the kingdom of God about how there's a farmer and he's got a farm, you know, and and he hires these guys at 8 o'clock to go work. And then he hires some more guys at like noon. And I'm just paraphrasing here, but hires yeah. some more guys at like noon and then hires some at 3 and at 5 and closing times at 8, but he pays them all the same way. And we think as humans, that's not fair, but that's how, that's how the kingdom of God works. You don't have to do, you know, you're going to get, no matter when you do it, like you don't have to earn your way in. God loves you already. You don't have to earn that love. And so you're going to get the same reward. So you don't have to think, okay, I have to do all this first to get in. No, come on right now, come as you are. And you're going to find out this life um, is incredible in Christ. And even it's not going to deter you from hunting. It's probably going to give you a greater passion for the outdoors, for God's creation. Um, and you just really have to try it to know it. I mean, if you don't, if you don't ever try it, if you keep holding back, you'll never know. So take that. Yeah. And that, I like how you said, try it. Cause that's something that you don't really hear often in church. Um, all you hear, you know, all the time is go all in, go all in. And yes, that's 110% true. You need to go all in. I mean, you can sit, there's two sides of the fence, but if you sit on top of that fence with one leg hanging over one side and one leg hanging over the other, it's going to get uncomfortable after a while. So you need to go all in. But all I would say is it's a little bit different than a lot of things you probably hear. And I think Tanner will agree with this. Just give it a try, you know, give it a shot. Just open up a Bible. If you've never done it, just open up a Bible and read the Gospels. And I would love to point you out in the direction of something to start out with. Um, that's you, you don't start. Don't start in Exodus or. Leviticus or something like that in the Old Testament, but really start out in the gospel. Just give it a shot because I promise you, if you come into it with an open heart, it's not just going to make your everyday life more enjoyable, but it's going to make the things that you do more enjoyable. It's going to make hunting more enjoyable, your job more enjoyable because you know you have a job to do and it's going to make an impact in someone else's life and everything in between. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that, Tanner? Yeah, I just, I like what you said about sitting on the fence. I mean, you can't really be half in because. If you're half in, you're miserable in yeah. both ways. Like the way I see it is I've heard this from somebody and I may not be getting it exactly right. But if you're halfway in, love God, but you also love your sin enough that you hate your sin, but you can't stop it. But you love God so much that you can't stop, but, and, but you still sin. And so you're just miserable in between. So you need to be on one side or the other. And right now you may be on that sinful side, but if you cross over onto that on that side with God, you're going to find out that you're not going to like your sin and you're going to do what you can to get away from it. And you're forgiven of it. Even whenever you fail, you're going to fail. We're all human. We fail, but that's what he offers us. He offers us the, the greatest thing on earth, the greatest story. And that's his forgiveness. And that's him dying for us on the, on the cross. And, you know, really when you say the word gospel, I mean, I was at a point in my life, I didn't even know what that meant. So, if you guys have questions about what's the gospel or what is Exodus, like what's the New Testament, Old Testament, man, be op open your heart, like Blake said, and, and just be vulnerable and shoot us an email, and, and we'll be able to help you in any way that we can.
So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one thing, too, I want to leave you all with is what do you have to lose right now? Because I know me personally, and I'm not putting anybody in a category, but if you don't know Jesus, I would bet to say that right now in your life, you may be happy, but you've never experienced what joy truly is. Because when you don't have something to live for, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, I mean, you're... <laughs> it's like a treadmill that you can't ever get off. You know, you're, you're, you're just running a race that there's never a finish. And so I just want everyone to know that you don't have to get it all figured out. Um, if that was the case and the cross would never have happened, Jesus came to die for your sins. He didn't come to die for the you that has it all figured out. Exactly. So, but Tanner, I think that's all I've got. Um, if you're good. Yeah, I'm good. I, I really appreciate you having me on again, Blake. Yep. So we're going to, Tanner's going to be on here quite a bit and you guys are going to um, hear a lot more from him and we'll go, I guess next week is, or next time we talk, maybe next week. Heck, I don't know. Uh, we talked about, you know, uh, different setups and stuff like that. We may have to dive a little bit deeper into that, but I just want you guys to know that um, we love y'all and we're here for y'all. You have my email. It's going to be again at the bottom of this description of the podcast in this episode so please just shoot us an email with any questions you may have whether that be even just about hunting you know there might be someone here that just wants to know more about tanner stuff and i'd love to get you guys connected um but thank you guys so much for supporting us and we love y'all and we hope you have a great rest of your sunday evening please come back next week for episode seven and just remember to stay rugged and know who your identities are